Hey there, my beautiful overachieving business mamas. Welcome to the Moxie Movement, where we're tearing down myths and propelling women like you to success, both in business and at home. I'm Sarah Greener, your guide on this journey, because I've walked this tightrope too. And together, we're here to help redefine what success looks like. Dive in for real talk, actionable steps, and a community that gets the hustle of juggling motherhood, wife life, and that entrepreneurial drive. It's time for a little Moxie. Welcome back to the Moxie Movement, where we are being the glorious exceptions. In my first episode, I touched a little bit on the second shift and how my husband is a willing participant in our home. Some of you might not know what the second shift is, but let's dive into that. The second shift is a term coined by Ali Hothschild for her book published, get this, in 1989. The term the second shift just describes the labour that we perform at home in addition to the paid work when we're at work. And it really portrays the double burden that we are still experiencing as businesswomen in our homes. I just want to highlight that again. She published this book in 1989, talking about the second shift. And in 2023, the statistics still tell us that 70% of that labour is done by women. 70%. And evidenced in my work, we see that all the time. And I think some of that comes down to one of the reasons that mothers and women get into business is for that extra freedom and flexibility to enable them to spend more time with their children, to enable them to spend more time parenting. And I think what happens is when we get that flexibility and freedom, it means that you end up doing even more of that stuff at home because your business is flexible for you. It enables you to go and do the pickup when the kids are sick. It enables you to drop everything to go and drop off the lunch that got left behind. It enables you to start a little later to get the kids on the bus. It enables you to finish a little earlier to get the kids off the bus. It enables you to be flexible enough to stop and go and hang the laundry out in between your business. And so the very, very thing that we wanted from our business is actually part of the trap here. It's part of the trap because when you're flexible, the other parties assume that it's okay for you to do the free labor that happens around the house. And if you're not really clear about that and you don't set really clear boundaries around that and have some really... I'm going to be honest, they're quite hard, tricky conversations that we need to have in our households, then there's every chance that you're going to be falling into this trap of doing way more of this stuff than your significant other. And obviously, I'm talking about this from a position of having a partner who lives in my home, and I know there are lots of amazing single mums out there as well. And I want you to dive into the second shift conversation as well, because Here's the thing, in 2023, it still takes a village to raise our children. I remember spotting that on social media in the last couple of months, and I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Here's the thing, in 2023, it still requires a village to raise our children, and let's be honest, keep our homes in order as well. It's just that it's not free anymore. We want to trade out some of the money that we're earning from our businesses and pay some people to help us out around the home. Because 
overwhelm is probably the number one thing I see women come into my world and want to get rid of. I'm so overwhelmed by the business is what I hear so often. And when we start diving into it, it's really important to understand that overwhelm is not just one part of your life. It's all the parts of your lives add up together to give you that sensation of overwhelm. We can't just look and point the finger at our businesses. Okay, yeah, maybe it's something that's new for you that you're starting out in a new business or maybe you've been doing it for a long time and just at the moment you're working on a big project. But overwhelm comes from the whole load that you take on. Let's call it the mother load. If you also happen to be the primary parent, which again, most of us are, you are carrying all of the cognitive load of all of the stuff that is required to make a household run. We have this really bad habit of holding all of that cognitive load of running the household and parenting all in our heads. You don't tend to build systems and processes out at home as a general rule. You certainly don't download it onto paper very often for someone else. Maybe the exception to that rule is when you go away and so you write everything down for someone else to pick up the slack. You don't ask or delegate to other people for help. You drag all of that work around with you all the time in your head. And just as I start talking through it, it just feels so heavy. And so if we wrote down the list of everything that needs to happen to make a household run on a day, on a week, on a month, on a yearly basis, it would be a really freaking long list if we just wrote down the physical tasks that need to happen. But here's the jam. You're not just doing the physical tasks. You're also doing all of the mental tasks as well. All of the mental thinking. What are we having for dinner? And what do I need to buy to make sure that we can have that for dinner? Oh my goodness, there's three birthdays coming up in this month. One of them's our child. What are they going to have for their present? What are we going to do to celebrate? Oh, and they've got two other birthday parties to go to. Who's going to drop them off and pick them up? If you think about the logistics that goes into making this happen, whew, there is a lot of it. No wonder we're good at this business thing, right? <laughs> really, if you think about it, we're really good at business because we're so good at making all those pieces fit together so that it runs smoothly for everyone else. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I wanted to stay being a mum. I still want to be able to go and do school camp. And when school emails me to say she's getting a certificate next week, I want to be able to drop things and go for that. What I don't want to be used for is all the cooking and the cleaning and the taxi services that make the household run. And like I said, I am in the amazing position of having a husband who gets it, that there is a second shift, it does exist, and it is work. And we had a conversation right back at the start of our marriage about just the home stuff, about how we were going to divvy that up and split that up. We also made sure we had a conversation about what we liked to do and what we didn't like to do so that we could really, when we got to the financial position of being able to get rid of stuff, we could get rid of it pretty quickly. When I say it takes a village, but now the village has to be paid, that's exactly what we do. Every time I write my I don't list and put it up on social media, I get a whole lot of haters. <laughs> Which people basically say, oh, you do nothing for your family so you can run your business. No, I just do the bits I like around my family and do outsource the bits that I don't want to do. 
And I have a conversation with my family about the fact that in our home, we all make the work, so we're all going to do the work. We all make the work, so we're all going to do the work. And we can do that from a super young age. I remember watching in horror with Scarlett. She must have been about two or three, where she was helping to do the dishes. Helping is probably not the right term because she was happily washing dad's coffee cup and dad's plunger for the coffee first and then she washed everything else and she did a beautiful job of it standing on a chair at the sink and she washed it all through and put it all on the drying rack for us and we praised her for this and then she went off to bed and I looked at my husband and I went oh now we've got to wash it all over again and the reality was that this was the start of the journey to today when Miss Eleven now actually is helpful in the kitchen when it comes to doing the dishes. She gets that the dishes are her job. She stacks them in the dishwasher. She empties the dishwasher. Not every night, not every day. And it's also a good chunk of the time. That's something that neither Johnny nor I have to think about anymore because she's part of creating that work. And so she helps do that work. The reason that this stuff's super important is because I need to put down some of those tasks. I need to say I don't to doing the dishes so I can say I do to developing and growing my team. So I can say I do to having conversations about collaborations where I can work with people. Johnny needs to say I don't to some of the stuff at home so that he can have been away for two weeks recently to do the maintenance on the boat. We do things where we outsource it from both of us. Neither of us particularly like the concept of meal planning and then doing the supermarket. We use a tool, a, a food bag service that delivers us five meals every week with all the bits inside it. Nobody has to think about what they want for dinner. <laughs> we just pull a box out of the fridge and, and cook that. We both outsource that piece of the second shift. You can see really quickly that in order for you to find your business a pleasurable experience where you can thrive as a business owner, we have to look at the whole picture. We can't just look at the fact that you're a small business owner. We have to look at the fact that you're a mum and a wife too, and we have to figure out how can we make all those pieces fit together. And I'm pretty sure... I could be wrong, although I haven't come across too many women that say, I get great joy out of cleaning my house. I get great joy out of doing the laundry. Now, I get great joy out of having a clean house. I love the outcome. I just don't want to do the work. Let's dive in and talk about what are some of the things we can start to do as businesswomen that allow us to free up physical doing time and also that cognitive load. Because if you're using up all your decision-making powers to get your kids out the door in the morning, to decide what everyone's having for lunch, to make sure that everyone's got all the bits and pieces they need to go and have a great day, then by the time you get to your business, you are going to be down to the dregs of your decision-making powers, which means not that you won't make decisions. You're still going to have to make decisions. It's just that instead of making the best decisions, instead of making the ones that will leverage your business and move it forward and get you the results you want in your business, you will make the easiest decisions, the decisions with the least amount of consequence, because you've used up all of your amazing cognitive ability 
on running the home and getting the kids out the door in the morning. Instead of doing that, we're going to start to think about how can we release some of the second shift cognitive load and some of the second shift physical load to someone else. We are also going to have some conversations around parenting. If you have two parents in a household, or even if you don't, even if you co-parent with someone in another home, that this is a two-person job. Two of us made the child, two of us are going to raise the child. We are not going to let people say anymore, ladies, when we go away on business, oh, so who's looking after the kids? And when you answer their father, the response is, the babysitting. Oh, that's nice. The babysitting. I'm like, no, dude, no. They are not babysitting. They are parenting. We collectively created this human being and we're collectively going to raise it until they're 18 and leave the home. Once you've listened to me for a little while, you'll know that we're very clear around here that Scarlett's got seven more years and then she's on her own. <laughs> because one of our goals is to raise a thriving human being that's a vibrant expression of herself that leaves home at 18. <laughs> Let's dive in and have a chat about how we can start to think about outsourcing things. And I don't think that you're going to do all of this all at once. Here's my suggestion. I think you should take just one of these things and implement it today. If you just took one thing, you'd take a load off of your plate and you would start to feel better immediately. And maybe if there's more than one in here you think you could do, you could take a run at this and do one each week for the next few weeks and then see how different things start to get, not just at home, but in your business. How much more are you able to do and create and build an impact inside your business when you're not the person that's responsible for everything at home and you're not the person that's responsible for all the parenting? The first thing is I think you should get really clear on what are all the tasks that happen in your household to make it run. What are all the things that happen to make sure that the home itself runs? That means the cleaning, that means the maintenance, that means the insurance. I want you to write down all of those things. I also want you to write down all of the things that help run the people in the household. What are all the things that you need to do to make sure that everybody is fed and clothed and safe? <laughs> and gets to where they need to go as well. If you've got kids that are super sporty, or you've got kids that are involved in lots of cultural activities, these things need to go on the list because there's a whole lot of logistics there, like uniforms or costumes that need to happen. If you're lucky and you have a school that's super organized and releases a calendar at the start of the year, you might want to think about all the things that go on there. I know in New Zealand, we've just had, as a character book day? That's a big cognitive load and a doing thing too, especially if you're going to make a costume every time. There are a whole list of things that need to go on that list. Write it down, get it out of your head and down on a piece of paper because it's going to make it easier to have some of these conversations. And once you've got the physical doing part of it, I want you to attach to each of those tasks, what is the thinking that needs to go into it? What are the list of decisions or choices that need to get made to make that thing happen? Because once you've got that information down on paper, you can start to think about how we're going to outsource them. Because the big mistake we make when we do this one is we outsource the task. We say, I'm, you need to cook dinners. 
but the cognitive load remains with you in the meal planning and the thinking that goes into that and the list writing for the grocery store and the shopping, you are still retaining the bulk of the thinking if you just outsource the physical doing of cooking dinner. If you actually want to make this better, you need to give the whole task, the cognitive load and the doing load, the thinking work and the cooking work all to one person. Now, if you want to then split it up a little bit potentially where maybe you've got a number of children in the house and they're all going to do one night's dinner, that's cool too. But don't leave one person with the cognitive load and one person with the doing tasks because what will happen is you will end up being the manager at home as well as in your business. You don't want to be the person that has to say, do this, do that, go here, pick this person up, grab that. You're doing enough of that probably in your business and you don't want to be doing that at home. I certainly know that's not the dynamic I want in my marriage because this is my intimate partner. I don't want to be their boss. And that's coming from someone who actually does business with their intimate partner. And I still don't want to be his boss. <laughs> Let's make sure that we do that. First thing, write a list, get really clear on what all the tasks are and the cognitive load so that we can outsource the whole project, the whole task to someone else. Once we've done that, then we can have a look at what are the things that we can systemize for ourselves or we talk about it as automating. What do I mean by that? Where can you make it so that it happens without any thinking it happens without any doing. Both of those things are important. The example of the meal services is an example of outsourcing the thinking as much as possible. That's outsourcing the choice of what we eat. That's outsourcing the choice of what shopping needs to be done. And it just all shows up. If you think about that, all of those decisions that you're going to make, you don't have to make them anymore. You can have back all that decision power. That's one thing you could do that's a automation or a system in your household. Is there some other way of making sure that you grab your food? And if you're sitting there going, Sarah, we're in a cost of living crisis, that's way too expensive. I hear you. What about sitting down collectively and coming up with a month's worth of meal plans and just rotate the same food every month? And then that means that you can just have an automatic shopping list. The thinking's been done once and then it's been systemized. Don't go to the grocery store. Don't go to the grocery store. If you're a businesswoman that owns your own business and you're still going to the grocery store, you need to stop this thing. It's called online shopping. If you live in an area where they'll deliver to you, make sure that happens, that it gets delivered to you. Yes, I know some of them charge us for that delivery. Your time is way more valuable than the $9 they're going to charge for the delivery. How do I know that? Because I know that you pay yourself at least minimum wage. Please pay yourself at least minimum wage. $9 is half of that in New Zealand. And in Australia, I bet you it's cheaper again. And in the States, I bet you it's cheaper again. That's one example of how you can systemize and automate. Uh, and when you go and look, there's all sorts of cool businesses out there that are systemizing the stuff for you. My clients based down in our biggest city in Auckland, they have a laundry subscription service where you can decide whether you want them just washed and dried and folded or you want things ironed and you pay per kilo and they come and pick it up. They pick up 10 kilos every week, go away, wash and dry it and bring it back. They pick it up from your back door and they drop it back to your back door. How good does that sound? That is so much of the thinking, like when am I going to find time to go and do the cleaning? But it also takes the task off your plate. Think about where you can systemize and automate some things.
The other thing I want you to work out is what are the tasks you want to do? What are the tasks that serve you or light you up? I don't think that anyone looks at how their household runs and thinks, I want to do none of it. We just don't want to do some of it. Go through those tasks and figure out what are the things you'd like to do. Some of you are going, oh, but Sarah, I love to cook. I like the concept of meal planning and then cooking great meals for everyone. Awesome. Then you should do that. Figure out what you love to do. Maybe you love driving the kids to school. You love the conversations you have on the way to school. Then do that. That's totally okay. But what you shouldn't be doing... (laughs) is all the things that someone else has told you should do because that makes you a great wife and a great mum. If someone has told you you should do it, it's one of those things that you want to very quickly get off your plate. You're doing it out of shame and guilt. You're not doing it because it lights you up. And then you want to keep doing this over and over again. What can I stop doing completely? Because some of us are doing things around our house that we don't need to do at all because someone told us we should. I'm looking at you, those people that iron your sheets before you put them on the bed. Yeah, you don't have to do that. That's not a rule. And stop doing them. Delete them from your day. Look at all the things you can systemize and automate. That comes off of the thinking load and probably some of the doing. And then look at the things you can delegate. If you've got little humans in your household, and if you're a mum, you probably do, there is so much they can help out with. And yet we don't ask them to do it. Because what? As a mother, we should do it all. Yeah, that's a crappy line and we're not going to follow it around here. If you're trying to raise a thriving human being that's going to go out into the world and live on their own, they need to know how to cook and how to clean and how to function on their own. Otherwise, they're going to be that shitty flatmate that nobody wants to flat with. They're going to be that roommate that no one wants to share a house with. You all know you had one when you were younger. I certainly had a few. In the end, we got a cleaner in one flat because it was so bad. (laughs) So you want to outsource this stuff. We still get people applying for jobs on our overnight cruise boat who have 25 and they've never cleaned a toilet. Whoever was the mother of this human being and father did this kid a disservice. They learned because they came and worked for us. We taught them how to clean a toilet. But everyone needs to know how to clean a toilet before they leave home. Some of this stuff helps you raise your children to a standard that will allow them to go out and live on their own and be someone that other people enjoy having in their lives. To keep yourself really focused on thinking about how you can reduce your load in terms of the second shift, I want you to keep really focused on what do I want my life to look like 10 years from now and what should I actually be doing that will help me get there and I can absolutely assure you that the cleaning and the laundry is not that thing I'm gonna say if you don't think you can afford it start small when Johnny and I first started we had a cleaner come once a fortnight because that's all we could afford. We could afford $40 once a fortnight for someone to come and clean the bathrooms. And oh my goodness, I look forward to that fortnight so much. That's two weeks for our Americans. (laughs) We say fortnight in New Zealand and Australia. If you're listening from America, that means two weeks, not the video game. (laughs) Once every two weeks, we had a cleaner come. Now, our cleaner comes three times a week because we're financially able to, and neither of us want to clean. So we want to outsource as much as we can. Start where you're at. If all it is is you can take one load of washing to the laundromat once a week, start there. 
anything that takes the pressure off. Because when you start saying, I don't, to all the list of things society has told you and me as mothers and as women we have to do, you can start saying yes to the things that make you thrive. You can start saying yes to the things that help you thrive in your relationship with your children and in the relationship with your significant other and your relationship with your business. Because I'm pretty sure you do your business because it lights you up. So let's give you some brain space and some time space to make that happen. Thanks again for joining us here on the Moxie Movement. Together, we're rewriting those narratives, challenging the norms, and building lives we're proud of. Remember, you're not alone. So come and join us over at themoxiemovement.com. Join our vibrant community on Facebook or Instagram. Or get exclusive insights from the Moxie Mail. Stay fierce. Stay passionate. And let's be the glorious exceptions. I'll catch you on the next episode.